Becca, go on. You're great at the intros. <sighs> it took me three times the last one. Three <laughs> times to actually get the intro right. Anyway, let's stop complaining. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Grim Reader podcast, a podcast where we judge a book by its front cover and then do a little bit of a book review. So I'm Rebecca. I'm Nikki. And we're joined by a very special guest Drum today. Roll. Woo! Girl, you're meant to Me, say that. Alana, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that again. Drum roll again. Woo. Alana. Woo. <laughs> I'll probably keep the mistake in because it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Alana is a wonderful fellow podcaster that... Um, we kind of been following each other on Instagram for a while and I've been really intrigued by your podcast and like a lot of the discussions on it and um, found out you were also a fellow reader and I was like ooh great <laughs> wait and um, you're just kind of a little culture queen I think yes oh, I am um, so yeah um, absolutely but do you want to introduce your podcast because I will not do it justice <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, my podcast is The Art of Conversation. I started it about three months ago now. Um, and basically it gives artists of all genres a platform to talk about their work and promote their work to any listeners. So on every odd podcast, I have an individual episode where I'm on by myself. And I try to facilitate that by promoting um, Irish music especially, but any contemporary or up-and-coming artist. And then on every second episode, I interview another artist. I've had visual artists, musicians, writers, and other podcasters. And they just tell me a bit about themselves. Sometimes it's all planned through and we talk about specifically what they want to talk about. And other times it's a bit more candid and we kind of go with the flow. And I really like it so far. It's very enjoyable and I'm very glad I've done it. And thank you for having me on here. No, we're delighted. Yay! Absolutely delighted. And um, as well to promote the podcast, because we've talked about it many, many times on the podcast about our own kind of Irish culture and it never really being promoted properly um, yeah. in mainstream media. Do you know, um, we've talked about the, <laughs> we're both musicians. We've talked about, you know, how terrible um, it can be kind of to get recognition there. So, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing idea. And I absolutely love the name. I love the title. Oh, thank you. Oh, so, so strong. So it's good. So strong. I had, I had one, one, um, I wanted to take the podcast on one like tailspin direction that isn't desperate Beverly Housewives or the the real housewives of Beverly. I haven't watched the new episode in like three weeks. I'm having withdrawal. I can't even say the name. I I was wondering, Alana, have you listened to the new McFlannery album yet? I haven't. I see it everywhere. Oh my god, you're gonna love it. Oh, I'm excited. There's so much like sometimes, you know, you're up to date with all the Irish music and you're up to date with all the music at the moment. And like you let yourself go for a week. Oh, and my the God. And then there's just all these albums to listen to. They pile up. I know. I think thing, really. especially since the last like month has been insane mm -hmm. for music. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. Insane. Insane. And also I'm going to give one shout out to you as well for Rowan. That's my cousin. <laughs> he's also got new music coming out and he's he's a cool guy yes. <laughs> oh, lovely. 
unreal yeah I like all I've been doing all week is just the McFlannery album and uh, I managed to score tickets for Dolan's even though it was sold out I was like oh brilliant so excited I think I think I think you would both be a fan Becca I actually think you'd love that she did a performance on the Late Late Show and she played the trumpet at the very end and she was fucking class Oh, cool. Fucking class. I just love how I'm just like, I just stay in my little bubble of listening to podcasts or like the same soundtrack for like <laughs> forever. And then, yeah, I'm terrible at like anything. It's usually my students have to like introduce me to music of the modern day. <laughs> it's really the, bad. Of the 2000s. <laughs> oh, like literally, they've stopped even being like, oh, blah, blah, you know. And they're like, so this is what I want to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah and they're like mm-hmm. and they actually have to tell me like where the artist is from like that they've been around for like 20 years <laughs> and I'm like ah oh, yes mm. so um yeah I'm terrible on that front too much of a classical nerd head on me so I am you need to listen to the new bread Matt, or bad Meldew album then girl so I just I'll take say- do you know what? I'll take a list at the end and be like, I will do my homework. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I will do my homework. There we go. Um, Alana yeah. has taught you to be more cultured, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Nikki. Jeannie Mac. Nikki's just, we'll get into it, but she has an agenda today and I feel like she's trying to bully me into it. This is, this is the Nikki agenda episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Uh, people would be uh, like oh my god Nikki actually planned for the episode today (laughs) oh I've been dragged (laughs) Uh. I think I was just gonna say I just loved episode nine specifically of the Irish conversation that's like my my wreck because I've been back into the the stunning that's my mother used to call the stunning the stunning (laughs) the stunners (laughs) back into them and uh I had never like murder capital popped up a lot for me before and I'd never never listened for some reason um so I'd recommend episode nine of Alana's podcast the conversation I just loved that one (laughs) yeah and meeting the murder capital on the done stores check out what yeah like that was kind of how like I, I had been to see them live twice I think and then they came up on my checkout and done and I was like you look like because they dress a certain way they have yeah. like their oversized but well, it's actually just Dublin norm at the moment but like oversized blazers and slacks and Doc Martens and I was like have you ever heard of the murder capital because he was wearing his mask obviously I didn't recognize his face I, I just think that's so I'm like the murder capital <laughs> When you said that, like, oh my god, it's just so gas that like he's as himself in music as in going to the checkout at Dunn's. Yeah, like, exactly. Same. Like he's like, okay, I need to wear this to go. And they were just going to Dunn's, like they weren't doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> the best story. I I like. I will hope for the day I run into C Matt dressed in full cowboy gear in Tesco's. <laughs> I will wait for that day. <laughs> Now cute Nikki now just wandering around Tesco's all yeah. over the all over the country like yeah and see Matt now taking out a restraining order she's now in the UK and I think that's why yeah. <laughs> it's she found out about us yeah well not us just you <laughs> oh god it was Richard Osman last week getting a restraining order this week at CMAT I mean oh I love oh, Richard Osman so much oh, oh. 
Yay, a fellow fan. <laughs> oh, God. Alana, can we spill some Grim Reader tea? We yeah. actually, we didn't want to tell people last week, but I'm going to drag. I'm going to drag Chloe. Chloe doesn't like Thursday Murder Club. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that same reaction as we had. Yeah. You know, I don't want to like, <laughs> trying to keep a cool head. Um, <laughs> that book was just gas. Like, I just thought. <laughs> I don't know. She kind of was like, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't really that funny. It was a bit boring. I was like, no, girl. She wasn't invited on the podcast last week to discuss Richard Osman. Well, we were she's, like, this. she's stepping away anyway because yeah. she's really busy at work. <laughs> so, I mean, that is the main reason before people start howling her on social Oh, media. my God. No, like, instead of the Richard Osman Stan episode, it would have been, like, Nikki kills Chloe live on air. <laughs> it really would have been. It Like, I, I didn't even get opinions from her because I think... I think she told us in person that she wasn't really liking it. And oh, from we, your we reaction, she yeah, knew we not didn't to let go her further. In. We didn't let her in. We were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Opinions can be wrong. <laughs> oh, no. I just, oh, Richard Osmond, he's just such an amazing man and so lovely. And then the book, like, it's so Alan cute. the dog. Oh. Have you read the second one? I was just about to ask you, I haven't, have you? Yes. Um, yeah. It was gorgeous. Oh, I don't want to overhype it because that's something <laughs> that I think with books, when there's a huge hype around it, I suddenly get like, am I going to enjoy this now? It has to live up to a lot of potential. But honestly, it was even better than the first book. It's the vibe oh, of like, God. you watch Paddington, the movie, and you're like, oh, this is excellent. And then you watch Paddington 2 and you're like emotionally in love and you're like oh this is excellent (laughs) honestly second book is Paddington (laughs) 2 it's you will absolutely love it and yeah everyone will love it we will force Chloe to love it (laughs) I think she's Um, winding us up I think that's all it is (laughs) I don't think it is we talk about books we will talk about books other than Richard Osmond because we did a whole episode on that last week. So um, Alana is going to go first and Nikki's going to be getting the book. Okay, this is Alana's book. I am looking at Threshold by Rob Doyle. The cover really reminds me. Have either of you read uh, Rachel Cusk? No. No, but I'd love to. Does that yeah. remind you of? Really? The- a little bit because it's kind of that white kind of the yeah, Polaroid the white. vibe. I get that. And I get like, you know, it's kind of that, uh, well, it's not really a square image in the center, but I think it's the coloring that really throws me off. Yeah, yeah. no, it's just literally just the fact that it's the white border. Okay. Like it just reminded me of the Rachel Cusk books. Um, this is such a beautiful cover. It's, it's lovely, isn't it? Oh, divine divine so what I'm looking at so is you can kind of visualize that kind of white polaroid kind of edge because there's just a white and there are um there's a photo in the center of the sea of the waves and then there's like another um kind of color box placed over it and it's pink and it's just a pink kind of visual of the waves right in the center and then in really small writing on the front it says a novel so the first thing this made me think of was like that. Oh, by the way, Grim Readers, 
I would like to welcome the first official tag team <laughs> into story guessing. Picture Sean, Sean, what's his name? The heartbreak kid, whoever, and as me. And then Rebecca's going to be Triple H. So she's going to slam in in a second, guys. <laughs> she's on mute. <laughs> I'm I'm this is gonna happen. Okay. Now I'm thinking <laughs> she's so cross at me. I will end the meeting or I'll kick you out, Nikki. <laughs> okay, girl. I'm all or nothing, baby. It, um, this is not the chaotic energy that we want. We've joked that Nikki you're is gonna the help spice me with to like... this podcast. She's not this is not the spice I wanted. This is too much. This is the smoked paprika that no one asked for. <laughs> I am going to just get you to get a couple of details to help me okay. out. So um this is Threshold by Rob Doyle once more. <laughs> and the vibe that I immediately took from the cover of this book is that rose tinted kind of lens because we've got that pink kind of black color on it. And I think, first of all, uh, I'm going to say this book is set in Ireland. Becca, this is the tag team moment, girl. Pick a coastal town <laughs> with enthusiasm. <laughs> I love how you can already say that. I'm like, hmm. um, I'm going to go for. Oh, I'm between Dingle or Skull. Hmm. No, if we go skull, I'm going to get true crimey. We're in Dingle. We're in Dingle. (laughs) We're in Dingle. This book is about the hunt for fungi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're instantly changing the location. We're in Dingle. No. This is like, uh, this is a world where the the famous dolphin fungi doesn't exist for some reason. Just so we don't get sidetracked. (laughs) So, Threshold. um, Rob Doyle. We're in Dingle. I think this book is very much about um now I'm really inspired by your podcast, to be honest. And I feel like I'm actually going on a detour of like what your podcast is about, Alana, because I think this book is kind of about that pride of being Irish and kind of finding comfort where you live. Um, so Becca, tag team moment. Our main character's name is Patrick. Patrick. He's a young lad from Dingle and he longs for, he's always like, you know, when you're in Dingle, he's looking at America and he's going, that'd be class over there. He's looking at America. (laughs) He's got his binoculars. The whole ocean in between the two countries is non-existent now. America's right there. Yeah. Girl, it's flatter. You can see it right the whole way. (laughs) So our young fella, Patrick from Dingle, is gazing across the waters at America all the time, kind of dreaming of like a better, a better tomorrow, as they say. Um, then he, so in school, he didn't really excel in anything. He just didn't find his love in academia right away. The one subject he was like very good at though, Rebecca, tag team. Uh, I'm going to say he was good at art. He was very good at art. I agree. That's Thank exactly you. what I was thinking. This is why we're a good tag team. <laughs> it's an un- I'm. This is an unwilling tag team. Like <laughs> I feel like I have been bullied into this. D Generation X. 
I'm just going to keep making wrestling like wrestling jokes to so joints. I love how we have a guest on, and this is Nikki at her most chaotic. <laughs> like Alana, oh. we've never been this disorganized. <laughs> so Patrick, no, I have to keep recapping because we keep getting <laughs> Patrick, the young lad from Dingle, longs for America, did shit and is leaving, but is great at art is um, trying to figure out what he wants from life. Mm. And I think it's kind of one of those things that he's one one project away from like blowing up and being super successful. So he tries TikTok, he does all those art TikToks. (laughs) He does those art TikToks where they have to like talk about drama while they're drawing just because people don't watch otherwise. (laughs) And he's like, this is soul destroying. I don't know what I want. I just need to make it. And I need to get out of the small town. I need to be someone who gets out of here. And he doesn't have the money otherwise to just up and emigrate and go to LA or go to the the big place he kind of is dreaming of. And he feels like he's one good art project away, like one good show away from succeeding. And he tries to push the mark. He does these really weird, um, really eccentric, like, um, you know, those living art things. I'm thinking like in Parks and Rec when they do Animal Farm and all the people are dressed up as sheep. He's doing all this weird shit that he's not passionate about for the wrong reasons because he wants to get up and go. And I think this um, photo at the front of um, this book with the with the sea and with this rose tinted kind of thing on is actually one of the, this is one of the pieces that kind of lands him where he wants to be and I think it's because his mom makes a comment that like oh you know like you have a rose tinted glass on for America and like you you can only see the good America has that we don't because you've put this glass on so he starts taking photos and painting photos and doing this pink glow on them and even though his point of the photos is that he wants out of here and that because the photos are quite empty, it's just the waves and this pink glass and he still can't see anything here. The people of Ireland kind of rally around and they think this is really beautiful. This is a show of like why Ireland is ultimately gorgeous, why it's a great place to live. And I think he's just finding his love for Ireland through this. I don't think it's one of those novels where like a ton of things happens. I think eventually he probably does make enough money to go to America and he goes and it's like it's really miserable for him. And that's when he kind of realizes what a mistake he made and he's walking down New York and there's like maybe there's like a fish and chip shop that's meant to be like Irish centric and it's really shit. And he's like, oh, my God, this is so cringe. I want to go back to Dingle. <laughs> that's where that's where I think this book is going. And <laughs> Becca, tag team, what's the plot twist? <laughs> what? Oh, there's no plot twist. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a look, smooth coaster ride. I agree. <laughs> you're never tag team me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I that's that's gonna be my guess because Becca's gonna kill me if I go on any longer. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably completely wrong. I have a a hundred percent feeling that you were absolutely wrong. Yeah. Alana, confirm it. <laughs> um it's not really about that. <laughs> I love how you were really trying to think of a gentle way of letting Nikki down. Of letting, like, 
Becca letting us down. That was a team effort, remember? I I I was like that person on the group project that like wrote two words and was like, yeah, put my name on it. I did a great job. <laughs> like, mm-mm. I'm not taking any <clears throat> any credit for this, really. <laughs> You're very modest. Um, it's about it's an auto novel. I don't know if it, I had never heard of that term before I read this book. Mm. Um, an autobiography novel, essentially. But I think it's a bit more autobiography than novel. Mm-hmm. And the main character is actually called Rob, which was really confusing. Um, oh. It wasn't until Becky, I, you got his name wrong. <laughs> Go on, Anana. Rude, Nikki. <laughs> It wasn't until I finished the book and then I listened to the Curse of Murphy podcast, which is another amazing podcast with Wexford local Peter Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out with his interview with Rob Doyle, I found out it was an all novel rather than an autobiography. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a young lad and who does have aspirations to travel. I will give you that. That is very true. And that was um, my input to the book, Becca, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he really wants to travel to kind of like Berlin and France and Spain and America as well. But he's from Crumlin. He's from Dublin. Ah. Yeah. So um, he doesn't really love Dublin, but he doesn't necessarily hate it either. But there's just some things he doesn't. He's not very patriotic. Um, I think, you know, those kind of I don't know if you've ever come across these people, but they think like Dublin is Ireland. You know, yes. they don't really think of the oh, we've come across those people yeah. many times. <laughs> yeah. Not um, being from Dublin makes you come across those people where they're like, yeah, yeah, Irish, exactly. where are you from? Dublin? And you're like, no, Limerick. Where? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but like he, he grows out of it kind of, but initially as a teenager doing his leaving cert and everything, he can't wait to kind of get out of Dublin and Ireland. Um, and the whole book is essentially about drug use. Um, drug use and um, I'm looking at the Goodreads kind of book description mm-hmm. and it says that he um, takes drugs and literature in equal measure so it's about this kind of um, I suppose it's kind of a trope in Irish contemporary literature of these people who um, how would I put this like kind of don't work and kind of go with the flow throughout their whole life like the dole is a big part of this and kind of working for a few months and then not working mm-hmm. which I've come across in a lot of stories and um, that's kind of what it's about part of it's set in Wexford in Ross Lair where he takes DMT and um, the reason this book kind of stuck with me is it's the first ebook I read and it took me ages to read <laughs> because it's so hard to read an ebook I, I find but um, I eventually finished it, but it did take me a while. And I kind of think it's like five stars and one star at the same time, you know? Okay. I don't oh. know what I about it. Like, I, I literally don't know how I feel. But it's like, it's great to see a kind of Irish person's view of Europe in the fall and um, the kind of culture shock he got when he went to like Berlin nightclubs and he was traveling kind of following the writers that he aspired to be and his own kind of writing process and I suppose I'm kind of reflecting on it now thinking like it wasn't an autobiography it's not as bad as I thought but when I was reading it and I thought it was an autobiography I was like oh my god why would you admit to this you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to hear this like <laughs> uh, also like 
like when I hear stories of Berlin nightclubs because I still haven't gone I'm kind of blushing and I can imagine writing them down kind of in yeah. an autobiography must be very difficult <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah like some of it's kind of scared me <laughs> <laughs> I had friends who went and I remember there was like they kept saying that like everything was really intense in Berlin but everyone was really nice about it but yeah. that kind of made it weirder yeah <laughs> like they're, they're just prone to these kind of acts which is just <laughs> yeah like one of the the lads who went went into the bathroom of a club they went to and the club seemed really normal and you go into the bathroom and there's a fella like lying below the urinals and he asked him like really nicely like oh do you want to pee on me and he was like it's literally no. happening in this book that crazy <laughs> it's literally that part in this book and i yeah <laughs> that's real <laughs> well <laughs> oh my god oh it's so funny because apparently like the fella who asked was like really nice he's like oh would you mind and your man was like oh no thank you and he's like no bother man Becca's <laughs> oh horrified I'm absolutely horrified oh we gotta go grim reader goes to berlin <laughs> mickey's just gonna be making me go to the nightclubs being like we have to find a man who will want us to pee on his face <laughs> <laughs> this is not the the nice like it's trips like- that i have no, no, no. But... but the energy of it is like you know the Rugrats when they're looking to find the lizard in the first <laughs> that's how like excited we'll be we'll be like oh, we have to find the lizard <laughs> isn't it reptar it's supposed to be a dinosaur no 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 when they're when they're stuck in the woods and they have to find the wizard but they keep calling oh. it the lizard <laughs> thank you oh but so with this book so you're kind of you're unsure of where the rating is there's it's a love-hate thing yeah like I don't really reread books the only book I've reread is like Sally Rooney's books or something like that you Mm -hmm. know because every time I read a Sally Rooney book I have a change perception you know but um with this book I feel like I should reread it Mm. just see how I think so I wonder if my rating would change you know but I, I really don't know. Like down on my Goodreads, I have it as a five star because like I kind of see a five star rating as a book that sticks with you. Do you know what I mean? And this book did stick with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just going to leave it there for the moment and maybe I'll come back to it someday. And maybe it'll be two stars, maybe it'll be four. But, but yeah. Ooh, that's, that, that is like you bringing, like that's exactly how the Sally Rooney books kind of stick with us as well, I think. Because like, yeah normal people for me was the weirdest read ever I was like I kind of hate this but I'm kind of eating it up all the same (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah literally like I remember the first time I read normal people was when it just came out and it wasn't big at all Mm -hmm. and I was like telling everyone gatekeeping but like I was telling everyone to read it I I was different I was I was before the same but um... (laughs) that's me that's me this week trying to get Mitski tickets I was like I've been here five years ago. Let me in. <laughs> so I, I think just to end out your book, what is so right now it's a five star. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna I'm happy leaving it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. It deserves it. Interesting. I want to add that to my list. You Nikki will keep us updated on what she thinks. Yes. Um, I'll send in my book. I'll get Becca to start writing Patrick from Tingle as the <laughs> Yeah, that's a great book. <laughs> 
it's so funny because is... I know a Patrick from Jingle. <laughs> we are never ever tag teaming again. <laughs> we this really did end like the Generation X. We've now retired. <laughs> we did. There's gonna be one there's gonna be one person who likes who like me watched wrestling for like two years, like 20 years ago, and it's gonna be like, yeah, I appreciate this. <laughs> I love how you were really confident and were like, yeah. Yeah. There's only one person. I'm like, yeah, that's probably accurate. Only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, because any other person is going to be an actual wrestling stan and I'm going to have gotten all my references wrong and I'm mm. going to be hated. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, I've sent in my book, which is Olive by M- Emma Gannon. Jeannie Mac, I almost said that wrong. Emma Gannon. So. It's a beautiful cover. It is, isn't it? It's a really nice cover. It's a really unique cover, cover, color as well. Um, yeah, I find it. I find it when I picked it up. I was like, this is so relaxing. Yeah, because it's it's quite a muted kind of yellow, and I don't even the leaves on it. I was like, I feel like I'm going to be really calm reading this book. Yeah, mm. it looks like a common read. Um, kind of like to go back to um. Sally Rooney, it reminds me of conversations with friends. Like I have a similar cover for my copy of that. Um Olive. I love olives. That's my input for that. (laughs) 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 And the leaves kind of. Oh, this is hard. This one. I know there's like more information on it than my Yeah, I kept that on because I thought this was actually quite a hard cover. If it was Nikki guessing this, I would have um gotten rid of the writing on I just, I just go with god baby but, <laughs> no info but, needed. yeah so i was like no i'll be nice and i'll keep the little the little uh writing which says um underneath olive says she knows what she wants doesn't she so it doesn't really help but it kind of helps <laughs> okay so there's a caricature of a girl mm. who kind of looks like as though she has kind of olive skin um, and long black hair and she's wearing quite casual clothes and um I'd say like she looks even though we don't have her face that she would be very young so I'm gonna say it's about her kind of transition into adulthood maybe um and maybe her future was pre-predicted for her and she was kind of told that she'd go into a certain type of work and study a certain subject or whatnot and she doesn't want to and it's about finding herself and discovering herself and making herself yeah that's what I'm kind of getting from it and then the Sunday Times best-selling author um like that is a very popular topic you know YA kind of um Mm. transition into adulthood so that's coming of age coming of age exactly I have read many of those books this year. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> they are. And I'm kind of, I don't know, I've I've read so many now this year that I'm like, I feel a bit jaded from it. Oh, I know. You know. It was, yeah. a, it was a time a few years ago where I felt like every single one was the same. I'm at that point now. So yeah, you actually said this to me, I think last week. Yeah, I'm at that point where I'm reading them and I'm actually, I think I'm overly harsh on them because of how many I've read and me thinking like oh is this almost like the exact same thing coming out again it's the classic millennial novel exactly (laughs) but uh 
Is that like your in, guess for this book? That's my guess. That's my guess. That's your I'm, guess. I'm happy with that. I don't know, but I'm trying to think where Olive comes into it and like the leaves and everything. Maybe she loves nature. Mm. She grew up in an olive farm. <laughs> really trying to get those olives in there. You're like, she just yeah. eats olives for every meal and everyone thinks it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> she knows what she wants. Like she just wants to eat olives all the time. And then doesn't she is kind of like she eats something other than an olive and she's kind of blown away by it. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the coming of age. She eats something other than olives. How she has lived up till now with, with that kind of nutrient like value. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, I unfortunately have to tell you that you were very wrong. With this book. <laughs> um, so Olive is our protagonist in this book. Um, oh. Or our main character. Oh, really. Olive is a name. Is a name. <laughs> Um, so this book is actually a recent one it was published in 2020 and it is one that I remember seeing a lot at the time and I just never picked it up um, so but uh, so in this book we have Olive and her three best friends Isla, B, and Cess I think Cess is, yeah, is short for Cecily and B is short for Beatrice I think um, I, I literally only say B is short for bees <laughs> <laughs> in your world it would be um so these are her best friends really since childhood with most of them um they grew up together they went off to college together lived they lived in the same you know student accommodation and we're meeting them now when they are in their 30s and that they are at the point in their lives where they start having families so it's really a big focus on having children and the decision to not have children and be, as this book refers to it, uh, child free. So two of her best friends, uh, B, um, they all have a different route kind of to motherhood and or different ideas about motherhood. So B is the friend, um, she's definitely the motherly friend very maternal she's that kind of friend to olive that really looks out for her is a great one for advice um if they're all meeting up together she's the one making sure that they're eating before they drink that kind of a friend so she got married kind of very quickly after college mm-hmm. and she has three kids now um Cess is a big shot lawyer she's apparently won awards and things like that and she's pregnant with her first child Isla, on the other hand, uh, has endometriosis and is undergoing IVF treatment um, to have a child. And we kind of see in those three characters kind of their different thoughts on, you know, motherhood. And especially, I think, with Isla seeing someone who's really struggling um, with fertility is it's absolutely heartbreaking in the book and how she kind of really cuts herself off from the others when things aren't going well and the IVF treatment hasn't worked or she's having a flare-up of her um, endometriosis. And it's, it is really heartbreaking because we never get anything from Isla's point of view, really. So it's always kind of these little um, asides that Isla's not picking up the phone or Isla has cancelled on meeting up with them and things like that. And you know the reason why is because of how 
um, upset she is with her fertility treatments and that dream that she has of having a child. Olive, on the other hand, does not want kids. And that's stated really early on in the book, literally at the start, pretty much. And this is her examining her choice and kind of really dealing with three friends who don't quite understand her choice or they think that Mm -hmm. she's going to change her mind, which is a big thing in this book, I think, is people constantly telling her, you'll change your mind. And she's very firm and set in her ways that she's like, I don't like respect my decision. This is not what I want in my life. So kind of at the start of the book, Olive, um, we meet her and she's just broken up with her boyfriend of nine years because she doesn't want kids and he does. So that kind of um, throughout the book, we see her really struggling with loneliness struggling with her life and really examining whether she can, as she puts it, compromise with him and Mm -hmm. have a child Um, because she says he was the love of her life and the same with him. And it gets to a point where she has to really kind of stand up for herself and say, this isn't what I want. I don't want to compromise. I have my reasons why I don't want kids. Um, Do you know? And it's not fair of you to ask me to compromise on this really life-changing decision for you do you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um because I mean if you think about it it's a compromise for her it's it's giving him what he wants um so I mean I think in this book I would say that it really gives a voice to a lot of women especially women who choose not to have children because I mean maybe it's being from Ireland um I have seen so many times uh, relatives coming up and asking people, oh, you know, when are you going to start trying? Or mm-hmm. even women in media that people kind of, oh, she doesn't have kids, you know, or it's always kind of viewed as like, oh, she's a career woman and she's judged for that. And I mean, one, it's a personal choice. You mm-hmm. cannot force kids on anyone. Do you know? Some mm-hmm. people don't want them in their lives for many, many reasons. Um, And as well, some people can't have kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think uh, this book more on the side of people deciding not to have children really gives them a voice. And I think from reviews I've seen, some people have said this book really hit home for them and kind of gave them they could see themselves in the book Mm -hmm. um, with some of the issues they faced. Other people, uh, this book really divides opinion. Other people said no. Um, and that they found it kind of trivialized their experience. I can see both sides. I mean, I think on the topic of children, I think there can be a million and one reasons and more why you might not want one or might not want kids, do you know? And you can't give that all to one character in a book, do you know? So through the book, I, I the big thing I thought from it, I, I loved the conversations it had around Mm -hmm. motherhood and being child free what I had a big kind of eh about was actually the friendships between the four characters because I was like I don't actually know are you friends anymore Mm, um it got to a point where um they just seemed to be arguing the whole time between each other they were at really different points in their lives and 
they just didn't talk to one another. I mean, Olive doesn't tell them about the breakup for a really long time because she feels that they're not there for her and she has to constantly listen to their problems. And you're like, okay, absolutely, you have to be supportive, but it's a two-way street with friendship. Mm -hmm. You can't constantly be there for someone and then... But then on the other hand, Olive is incredibly judgmental of things that they do. Um, And it's, it's kind of, I would say, Olive, you're you might not like her. Um, I'm still not sure whether I like her or not, to be honest, Um, because there's a lot of things in the book where I'm just like, that's really horrible or that's really Mm -hmm. judgmental. But then again, we're all human. We can all have those little parts of ourselves come out. And especially I think Olive, we see her, she's struggling with being isolated really from her friends. They mean everything to her. And she really feels like she's been, she's become distant with them, you know, through their decision to have kids. And in that sense, you know, you're kind of like, yes, they've had kids, they've got other things going on in their lives. You have to be understanding, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a difficult one, I think. And there's points in the book where, yeah, a character um, says it, asks the girls to help her out throwing her baby shower and Isla she forces Isla to cut out uh, pictures of a baby boy which Isla is going through IVF treatment and her first round hasn't gone well at this point and she's literally sobbing doing this and Olive blows it and just shouts pretty much screams at Cess for doing this and I completely like absolutely you you are right Cecily shouldn't have done that at all horrible um so there are there's just lots of things that they don't think about each other really and I think it's Mm. that kind of they've gotten to a point in their lives and their friendships that they think oh we've been friends for so many years I can kind of do this and we'll be fine Mm. and it'll never really be talked about like any kind of bad thing that happened between them or they argued about, they never really discussed it. They never apologized really. Or if it was an apology, it was tiny. And you're like, these are really big life choices for each of you going on. I'd be really, really angry with someone if they, you know, did something like that to me, do you know, especially if I was a person who didn't want kids and someone kept one of my best friends, even though I told them how important it was to me that I didn't want them kept saying you'll change your mind yeah pretty angry do you know and it's it's kind of like not a good friend it's not a good friend and I have to say there's so many examples of that through the book do you know and Mm. I would hate to say it but all four characters come across as pretty selfish at times be probably the least I would say but it's kind of I don't know I I hope I'm not on my own I've kind of looked at a lot of reviews and I don't think I am but I I just didn't know if they were friends anymore where it had gotten to a point where maybe they needed some time apart because there just seemed to be things with each character that they held against one another Mm -hmm. and for me I wouldn't do that to a friend really if I had an issue I would need to bring it up and voice it because it's not healthy for you it's not healthy for them so yeah that that whole kind of friendship thing I was like I don't know anymore really I was like I don't think this is healthy for anyone involved in this situation 
you know, just, mm, do you know? And is that so. like how many books can we read with unlikable characters? <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, so I've seen reviews that like people love Olive, and then others, I will like, I will get into. There are some very nasty reviews of this book. Like it is like oh. Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. And like I read some reviews that I was like, oh my god! Like there was one on Goodreads. I'd say I spent like 10 to 15 minutes reading through it. It was that long. Oh my oh, God. It was, it was scathing. And I was like, okay, right. This divides opinion. So, I mean, I absolutely love the conversations that it has, but I think some people will find the characters really hard and difficult to to read about really. And especially, I, I just they're not friends (laughs) you know they can't be at this stage in their lives and you know I think it says a lot that she doesn't tell them about her breakup Mm -hmm. you know and especially then when she does tell them some of them are kind of like oh I'm so sorry blah blah blah, and then go into how they're having a really hard time everyone's just kind of keeping up appearances by the sounds of it yeah so I think it kind of delves into that thing that like they each have their own problems I just don't think that they're each other's support units anymore. Do you know? So we also see uh, kind of this, I will say what I've seen in reviews. And I also kind of think that is that uh, we see this kind of mom versus non-moms in the book. And I would hate for this to be happening in real life. I mean, I'm not at a stage in my life where friends of mine have children, do you know, um, or things like that I don't have kids so I haven't seen this of kind of almost like they gang up on Olive at times like they side with each other because they're moms and they know what they're going through mm. and it's it's one that I've seen again brought up in many reviews because that was there was a few things I kind of flagged and I mean it's 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 just one that I was like I feel a little bit uncomfortable that you need to almost villainize the moms in this Mm-hmm. to a little extent to a little extent um but then again that could just be the characters I mean as I said before they each come across as quite selfish through mm-hmm. the book and really kind of caring about their own relationships only um or what's going on in their own lives and I mean Olive suffers from that too really mm-hmm. do you know she doesn't think about you know when Cess becomes a new time mom or a first time mom and like she is completely sleep, sleep deprived and her husband isn't supporting her whatsoever. She doesn't really care. Yeah. You know, she comments on it and she's like, oh, we never really liked him. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, yeah, that's a really big thing. Do you know, she's really doing this all by herself and expected to kind of keep everything up like a hundred percent that she'll be super mom. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another person's marriage is in trouble. She, it's kind of commented on. She's like, oh, poor B or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not just the moms. Like, they're all pretty selfish. So it's one I, I, I kind of applaud it for how it talks about being child free. And I will say that there are there is a beautiful moment in it where she does go to um, an organization. They're, they're um, kind of meeting at this bar or whatever and it's it's really kind of only by invitation only to get in because of how um nasty they've been portrayed in the media it's a 
think the organization they've called it child free by choice and they they prefer to be called child free for a reason because being called childless is making it sound like they didn't choose they chose they didn't get to make that decision themselves whereas they did um so it's a meeting of people that have made the choice not to have children and kind of talking about those decisions how they feel and for Olive that's a huge kind of moment where she feels accepted by people and I thought that was really beautiful in the book I actually really liked that how she's been feeling so isolated and lonely and cut off from her friends because she has made a different decision in life and she's meeting like-minded people and I'd love if the book had explored that more I would have loved if the book mm. had explored that more. Um, and we do get the sense of people um, like she's a journalist and she's looking into writing an article about, you know, women not wanting kids. And, you know, it, it goes into the Google forums and, you know, people giving their opinion that it doesn't matter to them, but them calling women weird for not wanting kids or there's something wrong with them. And, you know, seeing that it's it's not anyone else's place to make any judgment on what you decide to do with your life. And yeah, so it's it's one that I have a lot of really great praise to say about it. Maybe I'm not doing it justice. Like loved conversations, loved like reading about different people's decisions not to have kids. Um, I thought like this isn't something I've seen in fiction before and I think would be so important to people it displays many different forms of motherhood or the path to motherhood Um, it talks about infertility endometriosis all that kind of stuff which is absolutely amazing but the actual character side of it then I'm like I don't know will people like this Mm -hmm. so I, I can see why it divides opinion and I mean, it's one that really blew up last summer from what I've seen. It completely took over social media. And that's why I think when it's so widely read, it's like Sally Rooney, so widely read, it's going to divide opinion no matter what. And um, yeah, I would I would say, you know, go on to Goodreads, read some reviews, kind of get an idea. Um, but a lot of people saying that they're not seeing their their views represented in the book and then others being like I've never connected with something more each to their own do you know um it's each person's opinion but so yeah I I just I have a lot of feelings on it and I'm hoping kind of I'm portraying them in kind of a neutral way I'd hope because I think this is one that for a lot of people will mean an awful lot to them and then others won't enjoy it so yeah the one thing I will say about the writing because that's another thing I've seen online sorry I'm just rambling on <laughs> lads um, <laughs> the one thing about the writing I didn't mind how it was written other people's have especially um, it's the same review that 10-15 minute one that took me to read that one scathing about the writing and like examples they like quoted the book like they were dedicated what I think might people, well, what people might find irritating is that it jumps time frames a lot. And um, like it's all told in the perspective of like 2019, um, but then we'll jump to like 2004, 
and get like a snippet of an event or a conversation and then jump back. And it happens quite a lot at the start. And I was kind of like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. And then towards the end of the book, it's like 2019 onwards. So it's it's for storytelling purposes. I think some people will find that really irritating. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Mixed opinions about this one. Mixed opinions. I loved the message of it. It was the characters for me that I was like, ooh. Mm. So, yeah. Apologies. <laughs> that was a really long. It's the Gone ooh. Girl effect again. Really long. Unlikable ramble. characters. <laughs> it, that was just for me. I just think I, I didn't hate them, but I didn't like them. It was kind yeah. of that, you know. Mm-hmm interesting though like we kind of we had a similar um debate when we all read beautiful world where are you yeah because felix kind of ruined it for you a little bit whereas i thought he made it like like it was funny because for chloe she thought he was the best like oh my god one of the best things in the book and i liked him but i was weary of him and then you were on the other the other stand see the thing is though i i liked how he was the foil in the book but i just didn't like him I yeah. did not like him as character. I was like, and that could be a plight, like well done to her. He was really well written, but I was like, I, I don't like him. Yeah, that's where I was going to come down to again. Like both of these books that you covered today. Sorry, I, I have a yawn that I'm trying to get rid of and it's just make, it's making me speak like the low larynx like this. Um, but um, I think both of the books you did today are obviously really kind of masterful writing in their own ways because you're so undecided on them Mm. I always think that's always I don't know I know there's obviously good books that we love because they're brilliant but then I don't know I think it's a great writer to make you unsure yeah yeah it it is so I don't know I mean I will talk about Emma Gannon a little bit I have um like she's a very successful woman and fair play to her so this is from her website for once one of the few times that it's not difficult to find information about the author because my god anyway so emma gannon has published five best-selling books to date including the sunday times bestseller the multi-hyphen method sabotage and disconnected um which will be published in december 2021 in july 2020 her debut novel olive was published by harper collins in the uk and andrews mcneil in the us um the audiobook is narrated by Fleabag's BAFTA-winning actor Cianne Clifford, woo, who I Ooh. actually love. Um, and she's currently writing her second novel. Emma was one of the first in the UK to recognize the power of podcasting. Her Webby-nominated top 10 business charting podcast, Control Alt Delete, is a non-traditional careers podcast founded in 2016 and has had over 9 million downloads to date, with guests including Elizabeth Gilbert, Ava DuVernay, and Priyanka Chopra Jonas. She has recorded many live episodes and even recorded podcasts from inside Buckingham Palace. And that's only a little bit of her bio. Oh my God. You know, so I mean, very successful woman. She's a journalist. She also teaches on, what's that website? Um, Skillshare or something. I think it's Skillshare, actually. Yeah, it is. You're right. Skillshare. So, I mean, very successful woman and fair play to her. So, yeah, I don't know. Just... I don't know how to feel about this one yet sometimes it takes me a little while to kind of really sum up my emotions and I really only finished this last week I think 
So it's it's still I thought I'd kind of had my mind made up by now. And no, still still kind of thinking about it. Still figuring it out. Yeah. Like life. (laughs) One step at a time, people. (laughs) But um, that was actually a really fun episode. Yes, it was. was Yeah. I hope you have fun, Alana, because you definitely got to see the much more chaotic side of this podcast. (laughs) I had a great time. Honestly, thank you so much. No, we're delighted that you agreed to come on. And um, woo. So definitely I would we both recommend checking out Alana's podcast um just amazing title the art of the conversation Love and what it. she's doing is really important because yeah. if there's Absolutely. any if there's anywhere where music and art and uh writing are really underrepresented and sometimes undervalued in Irish society we've been so Americanized yeah oh definitely I think what you're doing is fab and it's really needed it really is oh just amazing so um i think we're gonna finish it up here oh because my alana, parents us... have started hoovering's oh <laughs> um alana shout out your instagram and wherever people can follow you as well yeah sure so my podcast uh, instagram is the art of conversation pod my personal instagram is at alana with a father and um i have a website for everything podcasts and writing alanahamble.com Ooh. yeah that's all my platforms I'm a bit of an Instagram addict so I don't really have time for any other social media <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no that's amazing love that um so yeah definitely go check that out and yeah so um as per usual if you have any thoughts on the books we've covered do message us if you've got any recommendations or I mean, we'd love if you don't send us like hate messages. We haven't gotten one yet, and I'm really nervous. Apologies well, if you I'd can hear a Hoover one. in the background here. Guys, guys send in hate messages so I can no, Nikki, kill you. You have kindness. to log into the Instagram. Who's going to see those hate messages? Me. I'm too fragile. I'm way too I fragile love, for this. My God, I love a good disgruntled customer now. Love Who that. Who has never worked in retail? <laughs> no i'm always dealing with disgruntled customers oh it's too expensive oh my daughter you have to edit this out or i'm gonna be murdered but anyway i'm already this close to murdering you you got me to tag team and like my patience level was here and now you're like <laughs> i've met you know disgruntled customers and i'm like mm. <laughs> gone gone so it is i live to i live to annoy you becca i'm very good at it see the thing is though i'm still completely calm you don't actually get me annoyed i'm just like i get you the right level of riled up <laughs> yes where i can still find it funny but also be like don't give in to this yeah <laughs> apologies alana you're just getting us at our mo- at our worst re- at our <laughs> worst really but that will be edited out so um definitely go check um all of alana's things out her podcast especially and um yeah go follow check us, us out. follow us on instagram twitter which is pretty much non-existent uh <laughs> storygraph goodreads and the podcast is available i think pretty much everywhere as far as i know um i will say just a little towards the end apologies for the uh our last episode the thursday murder club uh book two which uh a very kind listener uh message we love us. you amanda 
message just to tell us that there was an issue with the audio that our book club episode one was playing instead of book club episode four. So apologies um, to anybody who had to repeat listen to that episode. I have rectified it. I had to delete the episode and because it just wasn't working and um, it is now fixed. (laughs) So there we go. The yeah. So thank you to Amanda. That was very kind of Amanda. We, I would not have known otherwise. So um, with that, bye. Bye. Do you want to say bye? Bye. (laughs) (laughs) End on that that one. Yeah, bye.